the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me. All right, you do see it in front of your eyes, don't you, Squirrel? You don't remember the old five families of the organized mafia in New York, right? There was one Don who pretended to be out of his mind, the chin, walk around with a roll on, sit in the shower with an umbrella. Let's call him Biden. See, that dimwit managed to play that game right up until it was useful. I don't think Chin ever spent any time in jail. I think somebody whacked him beforehand. In the meantime, when I come into not Studio Xanadu, here in the formerly great city, now ghetto of utopia of Democrat policy in Chicago, what you see on the news is Ed Burke's going to trial. Ooh, Ed Burke's going to trial. How many years did he rob, pillage, destroy the great city? 50 years? Now he walks around with his clown costume on, his hat. Is that a stingy brim or a fedora, you half-ass gangster? Instead, what you are is a short-in-the-pants con artist who broke the city for 50 years, and you got away with it. Just like short-in-the-pants Mike Madigan, who you're going to go to court. This is a guy with enough clout to get his dingbat wife, 40 years old, before she passed the bar. Next thing you know, she's the Supreme Court Justice. Yeah, I'm sure he's real concerned about doing time. And if he does, he'll just say, oops, I Joe Biden my pants. Now I have to go into a nursing home. Because if you aren't watching what's going on with this dimwit, then you're really not paying attention to politics. Because Joe Biden will never see Christmas as the president. He's going to get the hook. The Oval Office tramp will not survive. It'll be any twosome newsome or our very own Fett Pritzker, which is good news for you, Illinoisans, because at least you found a way to get rid of him. These are jobs for folks I thought about as I take that train home. You know the part, guys, you get outside of Baltimore just before you get into Baltimore? See, this is the part uh, when he pretends to be a regular guy because he took the train. What he doesn't tell you, very notable, terribly kept secret in Washington, D.C., he didn't just take the train. He decided what the schedule was of the train. They used to make working people sit sometimes a half hour waiting for this old codger, this con artist. And the reason they did that is because Joe Biden was the senator that kept this fake, fraudulent company called Amtrak alive. They would have been out of business decades ago if it wasn't for government welfare that Joe Biden arranged so he could have his own train car like he was uh, Paul J.P. Uh, Morgan or, or, or John Paul Getty. You can look out the window and you're going through basically the neighborhood. And I always used to sit there, I mean it, coming home, and look out and see people sitting at the kitchen tables. Now, did anybody take the train? See, he's talking to Democrats. The only time they spend on the train is robbing people when it's the CTA and whatnot. But when you're on the train, Squirrel, the train moves at a rapid pace, let's say over 40 miles an hour, for argument's sake. I think it goes closer to 60, 65. 
and he's trying to pretend now. He's looking in the kitchen window, and he's pondering, what could these regular morons, Democrats, be talking about at the kitchen table? Literally, you could see them right along the track and wondering, what are they thinking about? What's on their minds? Is that when you decided to become a traitor? Is that when you put together the scheme to enrich yourself to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars? And become a traitor to your nation. Or were you were you trying to help them? As from what I understand, you're helping them now. I don't know why anybody would not want you back in. I mean, aside from the fact it looks like you died last Tuesday. Why wouldn't anybody want Joe Biden to win again? Look, if I look around the world, I don't think there's a leader out there who wouldn't rather have the economic record that President Biden has today. But the question is, yeah, that's that's the ridiculousness. Now, now, keep in mind. When this idiot talks to you, she's a Democrat. So what they understand and what they work on and what they revealed this weekend is that what people perceive is reality. I mean, much different than anything that has ever been taught in any school or any other thing. Now what the, the mantra of reality is, is whatever the people perceive. So see, Democrats, as you massively increase the welfare, which is something that I play for you almost on a weekly basis. How welfare right now is the equivalent, if you are a, a single parent with two kids, you qualify for an income that is probably across the nation equivalent to $80,000 a year when you factor in your Section 8 housing, your free Gatsangul and the insurance and, and your food stamps and your walking around money and your bust out for being a Democrat. It's like having a job for 80. Now, if you're married, oh, now it really gets good. It turns out your food stamps alone are over $1,600 for a family of four. Now, if you got seven or eight or nine, just keeps going up. That's why welfare is now becoming equal to working. And that was always the goal of the Democrats, because in this society now, what you perceive is reality. And that's just the way it is. And that makes no sense to anybody else. But how else can you explain Joe Robinette Biden? One of the things I convinced President Lab when I was vice president, I convinced the president. You hear what he was going to say, right? When I convinced Vladimir Putin, that's what he was going to say. But his mind, because of the dementia, it's eating from the stem all the way up to the front. And now he, he couldn't think of Barack Obama's name. So he just says, when I was the vice president. It's, it's fascinating to watch the dementia kick in. It's oh. almost impressive, his ability to sidestep it. It's like that old cartoon. Putty, 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 putty cat. One of the things I convinced President Lad when I was vice president... I convinced the president to do provide money for high high speed rail. Uh huh. Provide money for, but what is it? What, high speed rail. Because what this country needs is high speed rail. Sure, the value of your dollar is eighteen percent less than it was before this idiot stole the election. The peace and tranquility of your life is World War Three since this idiot stole the election. But what'll solve it all? It's high-speed rail. Now, where's it going to go? It's going to go from nowhere you live to nowhere you want to be. That's how they steal the money, and that's how his dimwit son, at the age of 21, sat on the board of Amtrak. You think he was really looking at the windows? First of all, on his way home, he was too high to look at the windows. Mr. Speaker, this weekend, the New York Times quoted Spencer Weiss, a Pennsylvanian, an electrician, who said, the world is falling apart under President Biden. 
as prices spiral out of control, as illegal immigrants continue to surge at our southern border, and adversaries like China and Iran spread their influence abroad, President Biden has failed to lead. President Biden has failed to keep Americans safe. Instead of working across the aisle to fight inflation, Joe Biden has proposed millions of dollars in new spending. Instead of passing critical legislation like the Secure the Border Act, Joe Biden has welcomed illegal immigrants into towns and cities across our country. So what's happening now is that even people who thought themselves to be casual Democrats, those people who spent their weekends watching grown men in tights chase balls, not figuring out they're all stirred up and couldn't pick out your hometown before they signed a check worth millions and millions of dollars. Those people who thought themselves, oh, it's just I'm a Democrat like Kennedy. They're starting to wake up. And if it's not World War III, it's the economy. The New York Times, in the right about it, says, in a remarkable sign of a gradual racial realignment between the two parties, the more diverse the swing state, the farther Mr. Biden was behind. And he led only in the whitest of six. That's kind of weird, huh? The whitest? The whitest. Well, that's because Joe Biden has always been an inside self-aggrandizing, party-enriching whore. And that's who gets rich on it. The people who are wallowing, they tend to uh, recognize some of the failings, or as they would be formally known, Biden policies. And instead of standing with Israel, our greatest ally in the Middle East, Joe Biden has threatened to veto legislation that would resupply the Iron Dome and keep Israeli citizens safe from Hamas rockets. Mr. Speaker, It is now more clear than ever that President Biden's policies have failed our families, failed our communities, and ultimately failed our nation. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I yield. Yeah, gentlemen. See, this is the problem with our society. It's too civil. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, for allowing me to articulate just the ways in which the traitor and thief has destroyed the quality of life. How about we just yank him out because he got lost on a stage again today, Squirrel. Did you see it? Gets lost again. Now, you picture him spinning around like you've been watching him for three years. It would be funny if it wasn't the fact that he's destroying our country. But here's the thing. The radical Marxist mafia understands this. So the people that are most radical, that are most profiteering from failed policy and misappropriation of funds, they're already positioning themselves to cut bait. Here's Congresswoman Kakai, also known as Jayapal. But I will tell you, this is the first time, Jen, that I have felt like the 2024 election is in great trouble for the president and for our democratic control, which is essential to moving forward. Now, look at every state that these so-called Democrats, real mafia members like Ed Burke, who get away with absolute murder and mayhem. Believe me when I tell you, Ed Burke isn't going to do one minute in actual prison. Neither will Mike Madigan. Those mafia members, they don't like losing. And what they recognize is the people can't recognize wherever they govern is absolute and total chaos. Here's the deal. Perception is reality. And so when you. Did you hear what she said? Perception is reality. You know what that's called? Squirrel. That's called uh, Kantian. It was a philosopher of Kant. He was an assistant to Karl Marx and really one of the the philosophers behind the concept of utopia is right around the corner. Sure, you have to live like a slave in communism, but what we'll sell them is their perception versus the reality. 
Now, this is only thought by people who have an IQ under 60 and never understood how to succeed or achieve goals. But what we're talking about are the American Democrat Party. So here she goes again, telling you how perception is reality. The actual reality you live in, don't worry about it. We've watched good people throw great cities away, like Chicago, like New York, like New Jersey, and entire states like California and New York and Illinois. Here's the deal. Perception is reality. And so when you look at the data that was provided in this poll, it talks about how people feel. And when people decide whether they're going to the poll or whether they're not going to to the poll, it's all about how you feel in that moment. And so while the facts may not align with their feelings, their feelings are dictating their reality. Their reality is that they said that they feel better or they. Are you listening to this? See, what she's, she is actually talking to a large percentage of Americans, morons who call themselves Democrats, morons who wallow in failure the whole time pretending to be winners. You know, the ones that support the Marxist mafia in Chicago that destroyed the entire city and have done it over the course of 100 years. They still think they're winning. That's why I don't cover too many of the stories. Oh, they're going to rent a lot for 91000 You know it's a mafia. Don't act surprised. Whatever you do, don't act surprised. Not on my show. Not, when it, not with me in the room. Don't act surprised because you and I both know you knew it was a mafia. The reality is there were good people who were fooled. Well, I'm going to tell you an indication that really matters. When good people who thought themselves to be Democrats realize what it's like to live in Democrat areas start to move in places like San Diego. And when it's two thirds. Now, in case there's a CPS student who can't figure out how to change a station, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's 66%. When two-thirds of people who live in formerly known paradise, San Diego, California, think about moving, you Democrats are on notice. People know you're con artists. Rent may be slightly down for smaller homes, but the cost of living here in San Diego is still high. A majority of San Diegans are now considering moving out of the county. A new survey from the University of San Diego found more locals are more worried about housing, homelessness, and employment opportunities here. See, now that's big, because Illinois offers you nothing but some half-assed mafia, and you could have clout in it, or you could get an inside deal. California, that was utopia. The most beautiful place on the earth. Perfect weather. The greatest area at one time. Stronghold for values steeped in Americanism. The state of Ronald Reagan. Now, an example of why nowhere is safe when the ideology of the mafia is in control. See, that's what's happening. And that's the silver lining. Everybody's starting to realize any party that would tolerate Joe Biden, Ed Burke, Mike Madigan, this moron pretend mayor, large, large Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, or Lori Lightfoot, or Rahm Emanuel, is a party to never be trusted anywhere decent. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560, the answer. He's leaving. Leaving. Oh, that midnight train. 
Tanya and Terrell, former alderman Ed Burke, is facing racketeering and bribery charges for allegedly shaking down real estate developers in exchange for legal work. He's also accused of bribery and extortion in unrelated cases. Burke, the longest-serving Chicago alderman, has represented the city's 14th ward from 1969 until earlier this year when he decided... And since 1969, till 100 years after tomorrow... That is the Chicago way. Everybody, from the guy who dried off your car at the car wash to your accountant, knows exactly what Chicago Democrat mafias are. And by the way, do you think it's different in other cities? Explosive new allegations, a mayor now taking on New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Tonight, the mayor of Hoboken at the governor's side in this image right here after Hurricane Sandy. But don't be fooled, there is now a huge divide between them. The mayor saying a member of the governor's staff threatened her, saying she had to support one of Christie's projects or get no federal money after Sandy. How you doing? How you doing? The rules are there are no rules. And where these Democrats reside... That's the worst place to live because the ramifications of having these short in the trouser wannabe butter handed gangsters as in positions of power is the quality of life of the citizen is destroyed and decimated. Even those that think they're in on it, they're just too stupid to know it. How you doing now? How you doing? You like you like going outside in the city of Chicago? Where's there an armed robbery? Uh, Honey Bunny Magnificent Mile. Oh, Chanel at the Magnificent Mile. Well, I think they should sue Chanel. They made that lovely perfume and those wonderful handbags. How could you do that to these Democrats? You lure them. It's like entrapment. You morons. Chicago Democrat morons. Joey T. Hi, Sean. Thanks for uh, another great couple weeks. Um, I love you. Just keep up the energy. Here's my question to you. We all know that, and, and I'm 100% behind supporting Israel after that attack. And we all know that they are the money people of this world, and they funded the left for generations that I'm aware of. Now, after experiencing all this anti-Semitism and what's going on in this country against the poor Jewish people here, do you think they're going to continue to fund them? What's your opinion on that? Well, first of all, I think life is individual, but I'll argue with your first premise. J.D. Rockefeller was not Jewish. There's nobody bigger money than J.D. Rockefeller. People just forget about it because his cowardly grandkids managed to put lipstick on the pig of, of who he was because they, they're self-loathing. But J.D. Rockefeller uh, uh, and so many other notable Chicagoans who are not Jewish have three times the money as so-called Jewish people have. And this idea that they're in control of money, they're, they're in good jobs and they position themselves in, in tremendous areas. But so do all people and all religions. So I think that's one issue. And the other issue is, I worked with a tremendous amount of people who were of the Jewish faith. And, and I am here to tell you, a handful have changed the course of my life. I don't know a one of them that was a Marxist sympathizer. Now, I knew some that said, well, you're in Chicago, you want to open up a business? you got to hire one of these butter-handed, half-assed gangsters who position themselves as lawyers the whole time somebody else used to take the bar. You don't think Daly actually passed the bar, do you? Of course not. Somebody no. took that form, right? So then they get law firms and they get, a, they get a license to steal. That's what it is. It's a license to steal. And they angle their business so that they become worth hundreds of millions. And it's a legal way to pass through bribery. And, and, and you know, if you're asking me, do those guys believe that they're Democrats? My answer is no. They knew what the game was and they may have played it, but they never really bought it. But this to me is a game changer. And I don't know how any person, regardless of religion, I'm dead serious. When you look at these 
morphodites, these insane scumbags, these Marxists, claiming that Jewish people are fascists, but Hamas, who rules their people like slaves, is not. This is a game changer. And what, I'm, what you're seeing is the ideological secession of the world. Not our nation anymore. This is the world. All the scum go to the left. All the decent people the other way. And this is the silver lining. This is a great time to be alive, Joey T. This is the best time. Yeah. Because there is Thanks no denying the, the corruption. There is no denying our accessibility to information. Everybody knows what they are. I know every scam you got. You lying rat bastards. Can't make an honest dollar in your life. In the meantime, Thank it's for brother. everyone to see. So now let the people decide. You want to be a scumbag? Go to the left. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Joey T. Matt on the south side. Hey, good morning. I mean, good afternoon. Uh, Sean, listen, I think one thing we got to drive home is that no matter who runs for president on the Democratic side, whether it's uh, Newsom or Pritzker, it's the policy. Everybody keeps, and I'm not saying you, but everybody keeps driving home Biden's age and stuff. We have to point out that no matter who's Matt, in there running as a Democrat, this is going to happen. Do you know why I'm standing here? Because I've never wavered from that. If in the year 2023, you are a Democrat and you do not know you're a mafia member, then you're too stupid to know the difference. Simple. The word Democrat is the problem. Anyone affiliated is a cancer to a society that metastasizes and destroys everything it touches. We'll be back after this. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Remind me to tell you about Steve and Kevin at Wilkins Mazda and Hyundai later, will you, Squirrel? Phenomenal experience. George Naperville. Yeah, Sean, do you think Biden's kitchen viewing contemplations while he was riding on the train, do you think that would make a good book? You know what's funny, George? Do you remember when this gitchy, nonsense, carnival barking tomfoolery passed his politics? Because this is, this is the only thing it is. And what, every time he opens his mouth, more and more people are starting to throw up in theirs. And this Love this guy, kitchens. this guy, yeah, he, he looks in the kitchen. He looked in the kitchen. Yeah. First of all, his head was was under somebody's skirt, the rat bastard that he was. He was always a con artist, sniffing kids and whatnot. Delaware know that as Senator, I rode the train back and forth between Washington and Wilmington virtually every day for 36 years when I got elected. And then as vice president as well. Amtrak wasn't just a way to get home to family. The conductors and engineers became my family, not a joke. I'd have a major event from my home every year, all the conductors and engineers from New York on down to Washington. When I was vice president, I flew over a million miles on Air Force Two, but I traveled further than that Amtrak over the years. I remember one of the conductors when I was going home. Secret Service is wonderful, and they really are. But they'd rather you not travel Amtrak, not Amtrak rail, because it has to stop so damn many times. Listen to me. There's, There's books written about the corruption between Amtrak and our government, but specifically Joe Biden. Books! This guy used to make hardworking men and women sit on the track for a half hour because his wrinkled ass couldn't get out of the tavern and he couldn't get done with whatever girl wanted to be his office page. It's a well-known thing, but he's lunchbox Joe. In the meantime, his 21-year-old son sat on the board as a bagman. That's where it was all perfected. And in the meantime, Donald Trump is on trial? 
That cut is bad. A lot of background noise. In the meantime, he's what he's articulating is exactly what this is. A misuse of power. Malicious persecution, not prosecution. This is only something that could live in a Democrat hellhole stronghold. Today we heard from uh, Donald Trump in our case against him, other defendants, and the Trump organization. He rambled. He hurled insults, um, but we expected that. I told everybody, didn't I, Squirrel? Her name is Letitia, which makes me smile. And turn my head like a dog that hears a whistle, because she's the size of a greyhound bus. At the end of the day, um, the documentary evidence demonstrated that, in fact, he falsely inflated his assets to basically enrich himself and his family. He continued to persistently engage in fraud. Um, The numbers don't lie, and Mr. Trump obviously can engage in all of these distractions, and that is exactly what he did, what he committed on the stand today, engaging in distractions. Thankfully, in this country, even in these Democrat sewers, even in these ghettos where two sitting Cook County judges sit on the table of Wisdom LLC as investors with Ed Burke right now, anyway. There are still uh, there are still some rights of the victim of political persecution. You get to have a lawyer. And I may say Donald Trump could potentially have the best lawyer available. How how do you say her name? Uh, Alina Haba. Alina Haba. Excellent. Alina Haba is excellent. Coming from the judge who has already predetermined that my client committed fraud before we even walked into this courtroom. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. Then why exactly am I being paid as an attorney and why exactly are taxpayer dollars being used in this courtroom? What she's saying when she says I'm not here to hear what he has to say, she's talking about the judge. He has already determined like the very manly Latitia has determined that he's guilty. And the evidence be damned. But more importantly, the focus of the, of, of the actual lawsuit, there has to be somebody who's harmed, and there is no one who is harmed. No one. Only in a Democrat sewer could this even be brought to court. That's how you know. It's either Chicago, New York, New Jersey, or California. The answer is very clear. Because Miss James wants to stand right here like she did this morning. And call my client a liar. Call the company fraudulent. And make a name for herself. She said this morning that the numbers don't lie and they won't lie in this case. Well, Miss James, I have a message for you. The numbers didn't lie when you ran for governor. And that's why you dropped out. And the numbers don't lie when President Trump runs for office in 2024. And those numbers are loud and clear. This country is falling apart. Now, the problem that Ms. Haba has is that um, she would be correct had the electoral system not been bastardized and corrupted by the Democrats. The same Democrats who in Virginia just were found guilty of ballot harvesting. 
ironically, I believe it's called Bridgeport, isn't it? Bridgeport. Once again, this is the this is the plan. Everyone knows. Joe Biden did not receive 81 million votes. However, there he is sitting in the Oval Office, destroying the tranquility in this country and causing the chaos of World War Three. And everybody knows it. And you could make it stop tomorrow if the Republicans would have fought or would fight for the principle of an election. But that's not what butters the bread of the corporatist hordes. What butters the bread is corporatists holding position where the people believe they have representation, even though it's an illusion, like an Illinois Republican, only expanded all the way out to a national level. Yep. Look. What a shock here for Trump. I'm going to fall over dead. Now, here's the thing about this fat slob. It's not even about Trump when it comes to Chris Christie. Chris Christie riddled. In scandal among failure, the failure you expect when you just take a look at anybody with a belly button that needs a hubcap. Odds are they're not good at anything. They certainly can't figure out calories or how to do a push-up. But the reality is, this is nothing more than a crooked Democrat state phony Republican. That's who Chris Christie always was. And next right here, the scandal rocking New Jersey Governor Chris Christie allegations. Someone on his team created that massive traffic jam to play politics. Well, overnight, late night comics, a lot of critics took aim. And this afternoon, an avalanche of new documents emerged. What did they say? Here's ABC senior. See, now, the important thing is everybody could make fun of a fat guy who wants the beach to himself. We get it. He's tired of Greenpeace shoving his big ass back in. However, there's some real scandal that was here. And yet. It's like at Burke, when the entire system is run by mafia, they can just go away if you do. And that's what Chris Christie did. He just promised to go away. National correspondent Jim Avila. This is what Chris Christie woke up to this morning. From ignorance to pathetic in the tabloids, bully to scandal to sorry in the national papers, and just a kid playing in traffic from the New Yorker. Plus, if he stayed up late last night... Clearly, somebody is getting thrown under the bus here. Fortunately for them, the bus isn't moving. It's stuck in terrible... Terrible traffic. When Christie walked out for his two-hour contrition fest, his body language hinted at a chastened governor. Sometimes confident, often sad, and increasingly apologetic. I apologize. He said apologize 22 times. Apologize to them. I am responsible. Responsible 19. Responsible. I am sad. And sad 16. See, here's what they have to realize. And when I say they, I'm talking about the establishment. And I am including Ron DeSantis, who is my governor, who I voted for. Without Trump, there will be no attention. Without Trump, there will be no chance. Without Trump, 60 to 70 percent of people who supported the Republican Party will disconnect. They will not go out and bother themselves. Because what you should have been doing this entire time is simply arguing for the audit of the last election that was stolen. Because there are enough of us that can read. We're not Democrats. And we understand what you scam artists are up to. So take Chris Christie's fat ass and the rest of your useless asses and go sit there and shut up. Because we don't really care what your debate is on Wednesday. And to me, it doesn't matter who's hosting it, where it is. I'm just going to watch the highlights. I'm not going to waste my night. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. 
The answer. AM560. The answer. Who let the dogs out? I believe that's the official song for the DNC in Chicago, right? You know what that's referring to, don't you, Squirrel? It's my euro when this song came. Well, a little after my euro. It used to be at like one o'clock when the when the when the tavern would turn the lights bright. Everybody take a look around, you know, after the booze wore off. Wolf. Craig and Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. When I say wolf, do hey. you think of Latitia or do you think of Jan Schakowsky? Wolf. Sure. That's I think a tough of one. Bags and everything yeah. like that. I don't yeah. even think of wolf. Anyways, so you got this, so, boy, you're right on topic here with what I was thinking about because all these shams and schemes and how it's one way on one side and the other. So they accused Trump of being um, inflating the, the uh, value of his property, okay? And then uh, nobody, uh, nobody, he didn't hurt anybody or anything it, like that, but you know, no victim. Okay, how about the Democrats? No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that because they, they know it's a scam. Don't do that. They know. They got Ed Burke. They got Mike Madigan. They got Joe Biden. Want to talk about a fracking thief? So don't do that. What about? No, no, no. What about? Let's talk on the issue. And you win beyond the shadow of a doubt. Do you know what a property's worth? Whatever I say it is. Whatever I say it is. Now, if somebody agrees with me, that just makes me right. But in particular, when you own property, when you own real estate, I don't care if it's the exact same as your neighbors. You can have the opinion that it's worth five times as much. Why? I live there. That house and the inside has seen me naked. It's worth five times what the house that Letitia Letitia James is in. That house, in fact, has lost value seeing her naked. You see, this is something that has been lost in this argument. No one is making a claim that they were cheated. And when it comes to specifically borrowing money, there are regulations that are involved. And in the event those regulations were violated, They were never violated by Donald Trump. They were only violated by the bank. And I'll tell you what I mean by this. Do you remember way back in 2008 when the property values went low? What was the government's reaction? You were victimized by your bank. What do you mean I was victimized by my bank? I wanted to buy it. I asked the bank to help me. They said, okay. How was I victimized? They agreed with you. So the bank was the problem. Do you remember that? Now all of a sudden, Donald Trump is the problem. Why? Because Donald Trump opposes the fat-ass Marxist mafia. Which, by the way, that might be the new nickname. Every one of them a fat pig. In the meantime, this is what you're facing. We've lost the premise of what is a property value. Whatever I say it is. And when any deal is done, whether it is a sales deal or it is a lending deal and the property is put up as collateral and is collateralized, that is what's called a meeting of the minds. And it only partakes in those two people. Your opinion of it, Latitia, is about as irrelevant as what you think I should eat for dessert. You see, I don't eat the bread pudding. Stuff it into my face. I don't want a face like yours where you can't decide where your mouth ends and your chin begins and your chest enters the picture. I don't want to look like a cartoon character like J.B. Pritzker. So what, I, what you think of my dessert means guts on ghoul, like what you think of these deals that have nothing to do with you. But what you're doing is, you're taking all of the people who may not have had an opinion one way or the other, you know, morons, who thought themselves to be Democrats, and you're exposing yourself. And it's turning out not the way you want. The New York Times 
and they're right about it, says, in a remarkable sign of a gradual racial realignment between the two parties, the more diverse the swing state, the farther Mr. Biden was behind. And he led only in the whitest of six. Do you know why? Because when people don't have money and they're held back from making it or from keeping it because they live in Democrat sewers and they're taxed into oblivion to keep their car, they pay three, four, six hundred dollars a year when they have a parking violation, speed cameras and the rest of it. They understand who the enemy is. You fat slob. It's you, Latitia and the government. You are the government. So for people who have ever been victimized or feel held back, and the true people who are oppressed by their government, they have one common enemy, and it's the same one that's going after Donald Trump. That's what you're going to have to wake up to. But I think it's probably hard to wake up. I'm assuming you sleep late due to a sugar coma, huh, Fatso? We'll be back after this. Get in my belly! Come on! This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The Answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody... So our next guest was or is um, a resident of Germany. I don't even know what part it is in Germany, but we're having a little difficulty getting in contact with him. So I am going to go on as if we are not going to be able to reach him. And if we are, we'll pop him on. What do you think about that, squirrel? You just keep me abreast there, Chesty. In the meantime, the uh, reasons I like having on economists and people who understand this nation why it is the youngest and the richest is the only reason is because we're based in property rights where you could come here with nothing and then make something well how does that happen that happens because you as you have property over your work your ideas and the product thereof we're the only country that has that other countries have a version of that but we have that so you don't have to go to the government-approved school. You don't have to have the government-approved opinion. You can come here with nothing but your testicle fortitude. You're willing to work. And you could have an idea that could change the way work is done forever. We're the only country that has a variety of different benefits to having ideas. I always love talking about fundamentals. And whenever I want to talk about fundamentals, you have to go to people who understand the principles of property rights. They, therefore, are the best economists. Let's call them street economists. My next guest is an author of a new book called The Street Economist, 15 Economic Lessons Everyone Should Know. I cannot wait to talk to him. He is Axel Kaiser. Axel, thank you for joining me. How are you? Um, I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, first of all, I appreciate you making time. I know you're in Germany. You're a very interesting person yourself. You're a German lawyer with a master's in investment, commerce, and arbitrage, a master of arts, a doctor of philosophy. And this all plays into, ultimately, your appreciation for the enlightenment and property rights of the individual. Does it not? It's all interconnected, isn't it? It is. It is, of course, because uh, property rights, as, as you will know, uh, were basically the result of a long process of evolution, 
where a human being discovered that there was a better way to organize society. If you respect uh, someone else's property instead of stealing it, you might have uh, more peace, and then you are not killing each other. We are not killing each other all the time, and uh, we engage in peaceful transactions, and then you know we have progress for everyone. And this idea where, um, you know, ex- explained by the Enlightenment, John Locke famously in the second piece of civil government in the 17th century, he laid down the foundations for what would be the um, modern uh, constitutional protection of uh, property rights and uh, in the Anglo-Saxon world especially. So, yeah, I mean, this is an, an Enlightenment idea, but the institution existed even before the Enlightenment. But we have perfected it since then. What's fascinating to watch is the philosophical bastardization of freedom, liberty, and property rights that has always been the game of foot when you're discussing things of the collectivists, whether they be Marxists or communists or whatever, even Fabian socialists. And socialism sells this phony utopia. And all you have to do is subjugate yourself to it and hope for the equality in redistribution. What's happening in America, I find to be fascinating. I'm wondering how you look at it. What's happening here in this country is they're incentivizing slothfulness and they're incentivizing failure so that it mimics an income. So in America, if you put your left foot in and take your left foot out and do the hokey pokey and turn yourself about and follow the rules, you can earn the equivalent of $100,000 a year if you have a family with three kids and the rest of it. When a guy who works, who makes that $100,000 a year, he actually returns far less. He has to pay taxes. He has to expense, have the expenses. So what I think the American socialist or Marxist is doing is slow cooking and disincentivizing work among those who are mediocre at it. What do you think about that? No, I'm absolutely convinced that that's exactly the case. And, and that is a problem that you see all over the West, that governments are too intrusive and they use this narrative of, uh, you know, trying to uh, create equal results or equality among people and fighting community equality. And in the end, they take away from people who are more productive and then they destroy the incentives of people who, who produce to produce more and they give it to people who are less productive. And so they create the incentive for these people who are less productive not to become more productive or not to do anything at all. And this is a problem that you, you have with the welfare state, which, right, by the way, was, invited, was invented by us, by the Germans in the 19th century. You know, Otto von Bismarck, the, the chancellor, the iron chancellor, uh, wanted to create an, a German empire, and he thought that the best system to achieve that was to make people dependent on government and on welfare, because he believed, and I think he was right at the time, that when people depend uh, on government handouts, then they are willing to fight for government. And this is the, or the origin of what we call socialism, um, state socialism, basically. And that's what we have until now. You know, Axel, you could see this all through history. And I'll I'll never forget deciding if Barack Obama was Bismarck or Hindenburg. And I always feared what would follow. It seems to be the case. And you have a very, very interesting lineage. You're not only German, which is the Weimar Republic and really the best example why no one should toy with the idea of a collectivist society. But you're also Chilean. And it's an interesting place to be from because 
Chile has a has a torrid past with freedom versus collectivism as well. However, why is it so many Americans are ignorant to the philosophies that have destroyed the quality of life everywhere but here? And now in the year 2023, so many Americans are willing to give away the principles of freedom. I am convinced this has a lot this has a lot to do with the cultural hegemony that prevails in universities in the academia uh, culture Hollywood and of course the media mainstream media um, unfortunately uh, you know the new generations are not taught at university what socialism is all about what communists uh, did in the world how many millions of people they uh, basically annihilated following this ideology uh, and uh, there was never socialism in the United States like you had in Europe, for instance. Germany, we had Eastern Germany, we could see what collectivism was all about. We had social national socialism, of course, which was another form of collectivism, which is very close to communism, uh, you know, uh, contrary to what many people say. And uh, if you don't uh, get this uh, lesson taught at universities and schools and the media and Hollywood and so on, I mean, you cannot expect people to to really understand what is it, what we are fighting for, individual liberty and freedom. And uh, I think that's the, the basic problem. It was the same in Germany. Germany became, or the Nazis ended up winning power in Germany because there was a, lo- a longer revolution at the level of universities in Germany in the 19th century, where, you know, collectivist thinkers like Hegel, for instance, destroyed the individualistic tradition that had been imported from the from England, basically. And then it was replaced by the collectivist uh, ideology. And this was crucial for the Nazis to, to be able to, to achieve what they could. And that's why I'm so concerned about the future of the United States. Me too. Because if you don't, yeah, yeah. You, if you don't stop this, if you don't put an end to this cultural hegemony, the woke left and the socialist and all of these people... We'll end up destroying the country. Oh, Axel, and here's the thing. If you look at it from the standpoint of the integrity of currency, we are lockstep following the Weimar Republic, even though it started 14 years ago, maybe 15. But what we're doing is doubling down on stupid, which is exactly what the Germans did. And I'm wondering, why is this permissible when we have a system of a republic and we are supposed to have 435 house members 100 senators that are supposed to put stops and restraints on themselves but yet when you look at the policy specifically over the last 14 years is when the real damage was done our national debt grows by 300 percent but so does our spending and it there is no even talk there is a cowardice among politicians to talk about it and it reminds me this is clearly the collapse because when you're unwilling to discuss stopping it and addressing the failures you're just going to continue to promote them aren't you absolutely and you know uh, what worries me the most is that the deficit i think next year will be about eight percent if i'm not mistaken of gdp which is huge and i think there is no way that the united states can prevent a fiscal crisis at some point. Uh, in the near future, I don't think this will last 50, 60, or 70 years until it collapses. It will be sooner than that. And, you know, this was also um, one of the reasons why the Weimar Republic uh, ended up creating the Nazis. And I'm not saying this is going to happen. Oh, I think exactly it definitely like is going to happen. But- I definitely, Axel. When you look at the, what's going on here in America, the local news, in particular in these Democrat bankrupt cities and states like Chicago, uh, 
When you look at the ideology and the philosophy of those young people and middle-aged people who make it up, you see the acceptance of the Fourth Reich. What we're living through, in my opinion, is a rise of the Fourth Reich. I identified the Chicago Democrats as a mafia of corruption and fraud decades ago. But I have to tell you, I was hoping that there would be people of, of consequence that would realize the similarities between the collapse in America and what happened in Germany. But more importantly, when you think about South and Central America, there is really this argument that we're the cleanest dirty shirt in the laundry basket. And the reality is, if you're not willing to have people in positions of power to articulate it, and I mean it's it's nowhere to be found from the Federal Reserve to our banking structure to Wall Street to to, to K Street to Washington D.C., it's everybody telling the same lie. And sooner or later, someone's going to have to point out that not only is the king naked, but his wife is ugly. Yes, they will have to because the crisis is inevitable. And at some point, you will have a revolution because people will, will suffer the consequences immediately. And this is, will not be like the 2008 financial crisis where they could try and print out their way out of the, of the mess. This time, it, this will not work out. So um, it's, it's the existence of the elite that is at stake here. And so these people that are talking to each other all the time, they will have to come up with some kind of plan in order to reform the monetary system and to, you know, uh, create fiscal consolidation somehow. Otherwise, you got to privatize the, the economy. Our economy is not privatized. Our economy has been backdoor nationalized. And I'm wondering, Germany was in a similar position. What does the economics in Germany look like today versus 30 years ago? Well, uh, you know, Ludwig Erhard, who was the uh, finance minister to Konrad Adenauer and who was the uh, architect of the German miracle that came after uh, the Second World War, because, you know, Germany was completely destroyed during the war. I mean, yeah. there was nothing standing, no, no, you know, there was no industry, nothing. It was Everything was destroyed. But when Ludwig Erhard uh, was appointed finance minister, he said that the problem of the German economy was not, you know, that so many men uh, had died during the war and that the whole cities and industry and infrastructure was destroyed. It was a socialist legacy of the Nazis, basically. And he had, he had to get rid of that and do a monetary reform and, and, you know, privatize and liberalize the economy. And he did that with the support of the uh, Allies, although it, initially they didn't want, it, want him to do that, but he did, that. he did it anyways. And then Germany became the third largest economy in the world. Uh, and yes. so, uh, and after that, unfortunately, the same Erhard would complain. He would be chancellor uh, later, but he, he would complain in his lifetime that Germany was going back to the path of the welfare state. You know, uh, Erhard said that the welfare state had been the reason why the Nazis had come to power. Yes. And, and the Nazis used the welfare state to bribe the German people. Uh, and so that they would support their totalitarian project. There's actually a very good book about this, uh, written by a German historian, Goetz Ali. It's called Hitler's Beneficiaries. And you read that book, and it's very, very clear that the Nazis used welfare state policies in order to uh, support the, their tyranny, you know, to, to create support among yes. the population for their policies. So I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that this will, in the West, let, lead to to collapses and crises that will, you know, bring people to despair and to look for authoritarian figures to solve the problem because the democratic institutions are not doing it.
In fact, what you've described is exactly the philosophy that has destroyed everywhere it's touched. It's the American Democrat philosophy, be it Chicago, New York, New Jersey, wherever, in Washington, D.C. That's exactly what we're experiencing. Now, here's the thing. It's always going to take minds to to conquer this kind of open and notorious gangster government that we're all living through to one form or another. I'm curious to know if you think in the long run, it will be great minds who have an understanding and an appreciation of the enlightenment of, of freedom, of liberty, of property to create their own set of economics and their own currency, which will be the death knell to exactly the kind of fraud and corruption you see in the American dollar or the euro or anywhere, really. And you just have men create their own libertine boond. And this way they can, people can go to a hedge because the way in which the old hedge of gold has been completely corrupted, they allowed naked short selling, they're artificially holding it down. So there needs to be a currency for free men. I'm wondering, do you think there's a possibility of this happening? I think there is a possibility with cryptocurrency, cryptocurrencies to, to have something like that. But the problem is that government has the monopoly of violence and, and it has a lot of uh, power yeah. to... Believe me or I'll know, kill you. To, yeah, we're from Chicago. Yeah, we know yeah, how yeah. that works. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I think and I fear that uh, when we start, you know, having our uh, getting away with having their, our private money and paying our you know, bills with that and so on, Government will say no. We don't want this to happen because, uh, of course, it's we are then are going to have this freedom and we are not going to pay the taxes they want us to charge. And if they lose the monopoly on on money, and Adam Smith actually wrote about this in the Welcome Nation, Nations, yes. when they lose the monopoly uh, on money, then they lose the essence of their power. So uh, this is um, this is very hard now to envision how we could escape the iron fist of the government if we are really challenging them. <laughs> you know what I'm reminded of? Monetary I'm, system. I'm reminded in Atlas Shrug when they when they went to that place called uh, Galt's, what is it, Galt's Gulch? And that's exactly what we need to do. We need to come up with an entirely new country born of the principles that our country was yeah. born of, and yet the, the, the willful, useful idiots decided to give it away. And this is just some of the kind of knowledge that goes into 15 economic lessons everyone should know. Uh, Axel, before I let you go, give me just a couple, a, lit, a, a, a litany of the 15 reasons that are in your book. Yeah, I mean, the, the 15 lessons are, are very uh, simple. I explain them in, in a, a general language so everyone can understand. And I speak, for instance, I explain what prices are, why you cannot fix prices, and that prices basically have the uh, role of uh, transmitting information. It's like the ball in a basketball game. Yes. The ball tells all players where they have to move and how and, you know, the direction everything goes. And so uh, if you try to have the uh, referee controlling the ball and the movement of, movement of, the, of the players, then you destroy the, the whole game. It doesn't make sense anymore. And that is what happens when government controls the economy. And yes. I also explain, you know, why uh, free trade is beneficial to, uh, as a general rule to, uh, to people. And we shouldn't, you know, uh, restrict uh, the ability of different producers to exchange what they produce. Um, and I use, I use very simple examples. And I start with the first lesson that is, you know, if you want to make a living, you have to live. And, and there are only two ways of making a living. It's you, you, you find it yourself with the fruits of your labor 
or someone else has to pay for you yes. for your life. And I, once, so, I, I wish I had another hour with you because I would love to explore the cost of corruption in the eco-Nazism, the green agenda, and what it's done to Germany is mind-boggling. It's a, it's a travesty. We'll do that another time. Yes, this but is, this is a, this is the most the worst public fo- uh, public policy in the history of the world. I would say the, the German energy policy. Alex, this I have been waiting. Axel, excuse me, I have been waiting three months to talk to you. I cannot tell you how much I've enjoyed it. And I know it's Germany, and I know it's probably an inconvenient time, but I'd love to have you back. I truly enjoyed it, and I can't wait for people to enjoy your new book, uh, The Street Economists, or Economics, excuse me, 15 Economic Lessons Everyone Should Know. Thank you so much for making yourself available to me. Thank you, my pleasure. Thank you, Axel. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You know, it's funny. All of this could stop tomorrow. It could stop tomorrow. The whole thing could be reversed. I was listening to Nikki Whaley. Uh... More aid for Palestine. What? Why? How about this? How about nothing? My offer to you is this nothing. You see, the the way that the system works is the government wasn't able to do what it's doing. It's blowing. Take it easy, Kamala. It's blowing hundreds of billions of dollars in foreign policies that we are not supposed to be supporting. And this nonsense with that most corrupt oligarch-run hellhole of the former Soviet Union called the Ukrainian government. Get the hell out of here. They're stealing the money and everybody knows it. None of that is supposed to happen. We could fix our problems tomorrow if we just eliminate that skullduggery and scandal. Because the reality is, listen to me, they don't care about Zelensky stealing the money. President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. It was released by an American investigative journalist, Seymour Hirsch. He says Zelensky and his team have embezzled about $400 million. $400 million. Never addressed. And that was in the beginning. By now, it's a billion dollars that this rat stole. And now you're going to lecture me? Zelensky, former President Trump, who is the GOP frontrunner, has said that if he is reelected, he could end this war in 24 hours. What is your reaction and message to former President Trump about that? Former President Trump said that about 24 hours that he can manage it and finish the war. For me, uh, what can I say? So he's very welcome to Wall. First of all, when you were an actor, you talk like a little ballerina. But now you're supposed to be a warrior. So you got your green t-shirt on and you're talking like a tough guy. I'll air slap the taste out of your mouth, scumbag. You're stealing our money. How we could stop it in 24 hours. Throw your crooked ass in a cell with Ihor Kolomoisky, your paymaster. By the way, wasn't he arrested? Whatever happened with that? They had burked it. He's on the beach with his feet up and some $30 whore on his lap. That's where Zelensky is. How could we stop it in 24 hours? We're giving you the money, dummy. We're giving you the weapons. How about this? You lost. You lost a year ago, you loser. My offer to you is this, nothing. War stopped. We could stop it overnight. Now, the question is, 
do the American people want it stop? Do they still believe Zelensky with your Ukrainian flag? You were killing your own people for eight years, you scumbag. Where's the opposition party? What about the elections? How about the debates? All off the table. You're a tiny little dick tater. I said it. Don't get nervous. Uh, Walt, Northwest Indiana. Well, uh, Sean, my wife is originally from Germany. She lived, the family lived under the National Socialism or so-called Nazis of Adolf Hitler. Then they ended up living under the... Hold on, wait a minute. Well, let's call them what they are. The National Socialist Worker Party, like our version of UAW. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Then the, the family lived under the Marxist Socialism of Joe Stalin. It, it drives her crazy to see how many Americans don't seem to understand how the country's drifting towards socialism and, and including so-called educated people. Now, the thing that bothers me looking at the big picture is why wherever Marxist socialism has been tried, whether it be in Russia, Russia at one time was the breadbasket of Europe yes. under the communists, they couldn't even feed themselves. Mm-hmm. I could go on and on. You could and go on. on and on, exactly right. And you could go to South and Central America. You could. The examples are are too numerous to mention. But here's the thing that worries me. None of that worries me because you're always going to have sloths and useful idiots and welfare roaches in a society. What bothers me is that right now America has far more than Russia had when the Bolsheviks took over. It has far more than Cuba had when Castro took over. It has far more. Then uh, name a dictator in Venezuela, name one in Chile or Brazil or anywhere. We have far more the 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 sympathizers to collectivism, be they Marxists or communists or these phony swashbuckler socialists. We have far more because we make it better to be on the dole than it is to work. It's not even close. You know, it's funny. I was going through the job numbers, Walt. Do you know that the vast majority of those job numbers are in two categories? They're in people who, like men and women like me and you, who don't ever want to go on welfare, so they work two and three jobs. That makes up a large portion. Do you know what the largest portion of those job numbers were where they pretend we had 150,000 employed? Government workers. Wow. So now you're, you're, you, you know, it's almost, there's almost no way to quantify how many actual jobs in this country derive their, their pay their paycheck and their benefits from taxation called government spending. You can't factor it. And now it's just not enough of the people not on the scam. So they're going to come up with a new way. You mark my words, Walt, when they steal the next election, and I think they very well can, they are going to massively increase not just income tax. They're going to start to tax money you've already paid taxes on. They're going to massively increase estate taxes. And in these Democrat bankrupt sewers, that are run by Democrats, they'll just be out of the closet the way, uh, what was that dingbat's name, dressed like Liberace, was about your property taxes in Cook County. What's her name? Pappas. Maria Pappas was. It doesn't matter what your property's worth. 900 governments say they need a raise, so we're giving it to them. And at that moment, Walt, in real estate, it's a very well-known thing. You know what it's called? A sell signal. Thank you, Walt. I appreciate it. It's hard. Hard to do. But you all know you have to. Mark in the Western Burbs. Yeah. Hey, Sean. Um, I really appreciate you having your last guest on. I learned so much, even though I only listened to, to a little bit of it. But what made me call is that, you know, it's easy to see now why there's such a push to dumb down education, because the more you dumb down the population, the less people that can articulate the messages that he was 
he was teaching. And that just sets us up for even more slavery. You're exactly right, Mark. You know, you, you remember when we were kids? You could have a second comment, absolutely. But do you remember when we were kids and the guys would drop their kids off or the mothers would drop their kids off? Those were kids that were being dropped off by mechanics, by bricklayers, by carpenters, by all kinds of delivery drivers, by truck drivers. And those guys were far more successful than the losers who touted themselves as teachers and philosophers. And the problem is those parents, when they drop their kids off, they didn't tell their kids the most important thing a parent can tell a kid when they're dropping them off at school. And that is, don't believe a word these idiots say. That is the problem. But go ahead, Mark. What did you need? Yeah. um, The second comment, I heard that um, Speaker Johnson is putting uh, forth this um, exercise to change the law that got him into power. And I'm thinking... Really, that's the system working how it's supposed to, number one. And number two, um, I want to look into it. a lot more on your plate to take care of yeah. than, than working on changing a stupid administrative rule. Why not work on the budget, on inflation? Couldn't agree more with you more. And, and, and if that's, that's if that's the case. But you have to understand something, Mark. What he's doing is something that you and I needed speakers to do for the last 15 years. What he's doing is he's he's already willing to separate bills instead of putting them and packaging them together to commit fraud and fund the right. thief Zelensky. So on that act alone, he I, I'm a huge fan. The other thing you have to remember is the Marxist mafia and their media are smart enough to know he's a true threat. So I'm going to be careful and make sure that that's accurate reporting because he is an enemy of the Marxist mafia. So they're going to try to undermine him by making us question his rationale and his philosophy but so far his actions are exactly what we needed them and exactly what kevin mccarthy was unwilling to do he's willing to to speak truth to people who prefer lies and that to me is an important thing so let's give him a break and let's see but circle back with me and and we'll talk tomorrow okay mark sounds good thanks sean thank you and thank you for the call we'll be back with your calls and comments He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Squirrel, you want to know what irritated me this weekend? First of all, watching Barack, the bust out, the fraud, the absolute hope and change. What happened to that bull dung? Affordable correct. Nice going, moron. 300% increase, half the doctors and hospitals, whatever. But you're Barack, and you like them big and round, and nobody can figure out, why exactly is Michelle's back so big? In the meantime, you're giving lectures as to what the problem is, and that fried me this week, and it truly did. It is impossible to be dispassionate in the face of this carnage. It is hard to feel hopeful, as daunting as all the challenges that we face may be. None of them, none of these so-called challenges were there when we took a break from your corrupt ass. Yeah, none of them were there. So there is hope and change in the fact that hopefully people can pull their head out of their ass to realize you Democrats suck at everything except stealing. You're good at that. And then you're going to tell us who to blame and nobody will realize the amount of people you killed. Innocent people. 
all over the Middle East and Africa and all the hot spots you didn't want anyone to talk about. And then I went over to Wilkins, Mazda, and Hyundai today. Because I like the guys there. I had to get some business done. I went and spoke to them all, and they're wonderful guys, right? So I'm in the uh, the guy who's in charge of the financing. I want to know about the different programs that are out there. And by the way, phenomenal programs that everybody should check out. But on, the, on his desk, and, and, and I couldn't help but notice, you know, when you're in your 50s, everyone looks young, right? And he looked young. He looked younger than me. I don't know what his age was. But behind him was this, was this Marine. And the guy looked like he was from Melrose Park. And the Marine looked like he was from uh, Nova Scotia. And I said, oh, is, is this? He said, yeah, it's my son. And he's a beautiful Marine with the hat and just handsome as could be. And I said, oh, is, is he just in? He said, well, he was supposed to be out, but he just got deployed. He just got deployed. Where did he get deployed? Well, you know, I really can't say, but it's the Middle East. Oh, okay. So we're deploying our Marines again. Again, our Marines are in harm's way. Again, we're hiring mercenaries. Anybody want to keep track of, what's it called, uh, uh, Black Hawk? What's the name of their contract for the trillion dollars? Who the hell knows where we hire mercenaries? And the trillions and the money and the lives and the warfare. This is the ramification of Democrats and never-Trumpers scum. Remember who the enemy is. The enemy are Americans that are willing to destroy the principles of this country. To fund the corruption in the name of some kind of hope and change. Focus on exactly what happens every time one of these rat Democrats is in charge. You lose your ass and people die. That's the fact of Barack Obama's true legacy and the rest of the Democrats writ large. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so America, no matter how broke it is, people are too stupid to demand it stops spending itself into continued bankruptcy. That's really the economic plan that is Bidenomics. So I have my chamomile tea, two bags, with my little powder of 120 life, because we're going to talk economics. Yes, we are. We're going to talk to one of my favorite people. He is EJ Antonia Heritage. How are you, kid? I'm hanging in, Sean. How about you? Well, I just get a list of your articles, right? Because you keep kicking out articles. I mean, obviously, this is your main gig. You must be writing, what, 12 hours a day? You're going through everything in the soiree of corruption and failure that is often referred to as Bidenomics. And it just seems to me to be working in the, if if you look at it from the perspective of more people are out of work than ever. You know, and, and, and when I say that, I don't include charity as work, right? So when you have the kind of work that only exists because it's government spending, I'm including you in there. You have massive amounts of people on welfare. This country has never spent either the dollar amount or the percentage of Americans on the dole as it is right now. We don't even know how much of this money goes to people who have never been here before because in some of these sanctuary areas, there's a fast track to give people who have never been here welfare. So how do you ring it all in if people are too distracted and they still want to give more away in foreign policy? Is there even an appetite for Americans to want this country to be fiscally sound anymore, in your opinion? 
Well, there is, Sean, but only among the people who are genuinely hurting right now. And unfortunately, you still have a lot of Americans who haven't woken up to just how bad it is because they have not yet personally been that affected by it. You know, everyone to a certain extent has been affected by by all the negative ramifications from Bidenomics, chiefly inflation, but not everyone yet has really had it brought home. And I think once that happens, that's the only thing that's really going to wake people up. Now, you've got the dimwit in diapers telling the whole fracking nonsense story of him being on the train and looking in a kitchen window and seeing what they're talking about. He's just a lying two-bit hustler, always has been. But the reality is somehow the government has been cooking numbers as well if they just decide not to count things in the certain deficit. Because the deficit is far more than 1.7. If you factor in all of the nonsense, all of the promises, all of the foreign policy, where is the actual deficit, which is the difference between money the government takes in, that, by the way, includes welfare money. However, we'll save that for the later argument. The money that it takes in versus the money it continues to spend, and they're cutting checks to foreign governments. How does this all possibly even get past Congress anymore? Oh, goodness, Sean, you know, the, the scary thing is a lot of it actually doesn't even have to go through Congress anymore because of, of a ludicrous Supreme Court doctrine called Chevron deference, where Congress basically uh, just gives the green light to these different executive agencies. And then so many of these agencies get to just spend money willy nilly without any actual authorization from Congress. It's absolutely ludicrous. And it's funny, I was going through the employment numbers. And there were two main categories that made up the employment number. Men and women who were adding another job, a second or in some cases a third, and then government hiring. And when you look at the way in which government hires, that old fable of 24 million that work for the government, that really doesn't count the people who are hired because of the expansion of government programs or the expansion of government spending. And when you take a private company, like in Chicago, there's a big murmur. There's another Democrat skullduggery contract cut to a health care provider for $100 million. The reality is, for that moment in time, anybody who receives that contract is a government worker. So when you realize the tainted numbers, the, the, the flawed philosophy of a deficit, the deficit very well could be $5 trillion. We don't know how to unwind it, do we? No, not not really. And this is one of the reasons why when we get those GDP reports, it's so deceptive how big government is, because the only thing that's listed there under government are government expenditures. That's when the government goes out and directly buys something. But it doesn't include when they take a dollar from you and me and give it to somebody else. That's a government transfer that's included in the personal consumption side of this. So if you just look at what government is buying versus what consumers are buying the last five quarters, government has actually grown faster. And again, that doesn't even include all of the transfers. So a huge chunk of the of the personal consumption expenditures, what we call you know consumer spending that we've seen grow the last two and a half years, a huge chunk of that is just actually government spending, but it's being hidden. And that is the definition, long version, of inflation. So the reality is, the longer these idiots continue to lie, the greater inflation. Do you see any indication, aside from this this flawed knowledge of we're going to bankrupt you so you can afford to live, which is preposterous, which is the Federal Reserve's plan to put enough of us out of business, enough of us unable to pay our bills so that somehow we slow down the economy. 
The reality is they've been wrong. It's a flawed philosophy. And if they don't change their mind, we could very well be in a depression. Forget recession. They just changed the definition. We've been in one for three years. What do you think? Sean, what what I think is that it's really scary, the trajectory we're on right now, and the fact that they show zero signs of turning around. You know, if we continue borrowing and spending at our current pace, you're you're absolutely right that we're not going to be talking about recession. We're going to be talking about depression in a few years. Look, for for context, the Treasury just borrowed over $500 billion last month. We had a $1.7 trillion, allegedly, a $1.7 trillion deficit last year. The Treasury just announced that they're going to borrow $1.6 trillion in the first half of 2024, fiscal year 2024. In other words, we are going to essentially double the deficit in a single year. I mean, this is the definition of unsustainable. Gross interest payments on the debt are already running an annualized $1 trillion. We're going to be at over $1.5 trillion by the time this fiscal year is done. So two things I want to, I want to bring up. Number one, that is, that is the mere example of what broke every South American, Central American country. But more importantly, that's the definition of, of, of the Lindenberg-Weimar tradition of doubling while pretending to not be. I mean, you're describing the Weimar Republic to a T, are you not? Absolutely. And the solution every time the government can't pay its bills is to just create the money to pay for it. Well, what does that do? It siphons off the value of all the existing dollars, or in the case of Weimar Republic, the German marks. And and so that is how we get inflation. That's what's caused it thus far, and that's what's going to continue causing it. And this is why I'm so concerned. We show no signs of getting off this track. We are just going further and further down this path. Eventually, though, what happens? You, you get to a place like so many of those South American countries did, or the Weimar Republic, or even Greece, where you can't turn back. And the only way out is going to be extremely painful. Greece has good food and pretty women, as opposed to these Democrat strongholds. But here's the other thing I want to say to you. Here's the silver lining. Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson knows this. Michael Johnson understands the principles of a free society versus a collectivist fraud society that backdoor nationalizes everything. And his first action as speaker was to give a big right here to the government by saying, I don't care what you're going to pass. This is the bill I'm going to pass. Sign it or don't. My offer to you is this nothing. And we have an opportunity in the next, what, eight days to shut this son of a gun down for a little while, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. There's so many people who are just petrified of a government shutdown like it's going to be the end of the world. I mean, we've been through countless government shutdowns over this nation's history, and every single time we just plugged right along and things were fine. So the idea that that somehow the world is going to come to an end once again, if we get a government shutdown, I would love to know how many times the world has ended then, given all the different shutdowns we've had thus far. And if you look at it from an optimistic optimistic spin, an optimistic viewpoint. We are lined up to have exactly the only thing that can save us, and that is a hybrid austerity plan, where we stop the nonsense, stop the growth, but more importantly, stop foreign policy, which, to my calculations, has to be $3 trillion over the last two years. I calculate we're spending about $1.5 trillion on a variety of different fraudulent foreign policy, bribing people to love us 
or paying people to kill the ones that don't. I think we're in the number. Has anybody ever really looked at the cost of the foreign policy corruption of America? And included the World Bank, the IMF, and all the swindles that backed the loans of Ihor Kolomoisky and the devil's very own nephew, George Soros. Bingo. And, and there you go. You just hit the nail on the head, Sean, why it's so difficult to actually calculate everything that goes out the door in terms of so-called foreign aid, because it is constantly hidden in all these in all these fronts. I mean, it's amazing. Like, it, it sounds like a mafia organization, but that's effectively what foreign aid has become today. Now, go, going back to what you said about austerity, you know, people don't realize that if we don't cut this, these government expenditures, if we don't rein in the welfare state and institute some minor austerity, we're going to continue having the austerity we've had the last two and a half years. What do you call it when, when more than half of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, when they have no savings? What do you call it when 401ks have lost about 20% in terms of real value? I would call that austerity. This austerity is being inflicted on us, whether we like it or not. So we might as well shrink the size of government while we're at it. Well, it's an interesting thing to watch happen as, as every night you turn on the news. There's another labor extortion mafia who is in bed with corrupt Democrats known as the government to make the employment situation even worse in these very specific arenas. And I was thinking of you as we are listening to the propaganda in the UAW. And there's a great example to really get the the skinny of what happened. The UAW didn't have any gains. In fact, what it had was a massive fraud perpetrated on the worker. The workers that I call, it's got to be around 6,000 when you factor in GM and Ford that were fired during the strike. So now they lighten their salary. They lighten their payrolls. They lighten the load by 6,000. They give a small increase to the remaining. However, they put new rules in that make it more difficult to get those pay bumps. And the way that they pay it is through a credit, a line of credit they would not have gotten under a government that wasn't in bed with the labor extortion mafia. So they get a six billion dollar line of credit. They kick out roughly 700 million in pay benefits, but they fire thousands of workers they wanted to fire. Did, in fact, the quasi private companies known as as uh, the American uh, manufacturing sector have a win and it only looks like the corrupt labor extortion mafia had a win? Absolutely, Sean. But the other thing is that it, it goes back to the old laws of economics, supply and demand. How do you get a higher price restricting supply? That's what unions do. And so sure enough, Thousands of their members had to be let go in order to justify a higher wage for everyone else. Once again, reduce the supply, get a higher price. But you know, one, one other thing, if I may, in the last jobs report, I, I'm sure you noticed that while the establishment survey added jobs, the household survey dropped 348,000. That's a lot. That's the biggest drop. Yeah, that's the biggest drop since COVID. And I saw so many talking heads on TV blaming that on the fact that 96,000 people were on strike. The household survey doesn't include strikers. Anyone who is employed but in a labor dispute still gets counted as being employed. It's it's a shocking system. But what what fascinates me about the the stupidity of the American people to not see the fraud in the labor extortion mafia of the UAW. This is the part that fries me, and I'll tell you what I... The idea that it quietly is mentioned that a line of credit was given to just General Motors. 
how much of the General Motors stock does the government still own? Because what I'm what I'm what I'm condemning, what I, my allegation is, this is stock price fixing by the government because they hold the shares. They could have never gotten a six billion dollar line of credit. It was given to them once again by a government that is profiting from the false success of General Motors. What do you think of that? Oh, my gosh. It it goes back to every single time that the government bails out one of these industries. And and the real cost to taxpayers is always more than the headline number, than the initial loan or the initial stock purchase, whatever the case may be. Look at what just happened uh, with with um, uh, what was it? Uh, Jamie Dimon, right? At, yeah. at, um, at J.P. Morgan. And the fact that they literally gave a massive loan. But here's the kicker. If the first Republic bank assets that were purchased by J.P. Morgan go south, if if all that, you know, if essentially those bad assets are even worse than they were initially believed to be, then J.P. Morgan doesn't have to repay back that loan. It's free money. That is never included in terms of the the analysis of how much is this deal actually going to cost taxpayers. You know, it's interesting because I, I I look at what happened to UPS, and it's a it's a damning story when they negotiated with the labor extortion mafia in the Teamsters. And what they did is the almost the exact same thing. They fired thousands of workers. They signed the labor extortion mafia deal. And their stock since the signing of that deal has plummeted at least $85. It's a staggering loss of a $200 stock. I'm wondering, what is the what is the position of GM and how much of it should I have shorted? <laughs> All of it, no. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, I think it's bankrupt. Well, here's here's the really crazy thing with a lot of those a lot of those freight companies, though. They were just forced by the union to sign this this ludicrous deal with these crazy pay increases uh, and and increases in terms of you know contributions to pensions, contributions to uh, to healthcare, and this is all happening at a time when freight volumes are absolutely collapsing. Uh, I, I just got notice uh, notified of a story that FedEx are, they have told their pilots to try to find jobs working for private carriers because they don't anticipate being able to hire anybody for the foreseeable future. And instead they're looking at layoffs because freight volumes have just collapsed that much. That's the reason why diesel prices are down so much. It has nothing to do with, with an increase in production. Production has been going down. The problem is that demand is collapsing because the, the demand for shipping is also collapsing. You know, let me ask this. Um, we've got how many financial Stations. I mean, I think I've seen you on 100% of them. What are there's Fox, there's MSNBC. I mean, there's 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 a plethora of different financial stations on. Yet I have I have yet to see one discuss just the kind of money the government claims to be losing. And the reality is, it even in that verbiage, it's wrong. The government doesn't lose money. We the people do. And you know, just looking at some old articles. From this nonsense that goes on with the UAW front, it's not really the company should have went bankrupt decades ago. But in the last 12 years, the last not even 10 years, the government has lost $24 billion on the money that it gave in the bailout and on the money that it did when it when it bought the shares and then sold it. When it did that, it lost $10.3 billion. The government admits in 2014 to losing $11.3 billion. Is there a counting uh, calculator on just how much the, the we the people have lost on the big three. 
Oh, goodness. I, I, I wish there was. You know, it stands in such stark contrast to when Ronald Reagan uh, helped bail out Chrysler, which, by the way, he should not have done. But at, at least then, right, Chrysler, uh, the, the deal didn't cost taxpayers nearly as much as it cost with, with the last round of Was bailout. it him that bailed him out or was it Carter? I can't remember. Or did it start under Carter and Reagan followed through? Because that's only something I think you a Democrat what? would do. I, I think, yeah, I, I think that's right. I think it started under Carter. You're right, and and then Reagan uh, Reagan followed through with it. But you know, at, at the end of the day, you you still didn't have anywhere near the cost to taxpayers uh, that that you do that you do today with the big three. No. And the reason for that is because at least at least Chrysler was still viable in the late seventies. And early 80s, whereas today the big three are just so hampered by by regulation, uh, domestic regulation, and then also by the unions. Whereas car manufacturers here in America, despite the regulations, as long as they don't have to deal with unions, still manage to oh, turn a profit. I, I believe me, I, I love them. They're all made in Huntsville, Alabama. They're made in Kentucky. They're made by non-union workers. And if the worker is drunk or high during break, he gets fired. I think it's a win-win for everybody. But you know, an interesting article for my friend EJ Anthony. This would be fascinating, and I would love to see the comparison of the loss of money of the American people, be it bailing out the big three. Uh, America's illusion of a car manufacturing sector or illegal immigration. Ooh, I'd like to bet a cigar and perhaps a steak on that. Which one do you think is bigger? And I'll let you do the work. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go with uh, the illegal immigration because we literally have no way to quantify how many of them. And I'll take here. the big three and we go back to the 70s. Cigar and a steak. Bet, 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 bet. It's a, it's a deal. You're supposed to say covered, but I'll teach you how to speak Melrose Parker. In the meantime, you keep <laughs> k- kicking out the articles at Heritage. He is E.J. Antoni, one of the best economic minds in America. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Sean. We'll be back with your calls and comments. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. One of the things I convinced President when I was vice president, I convinced the president to do, provide money for high-speed high rail. This stumbling, mumbling buster never made a dollar in his life, honestly. This profiteer of policy has somehow acquired an economic scheme of corruption and failure named after him, and they celebrate it? Look, if I look around the world, I don't think there's a leader out there who wouldn't rather have the economic record that President Biden has today. That's because you're a dimwit, honey. And you couldn't have got a job if it wasn't for your sexual proclivities, your sexual orientation or your skin color. This is an affirmative action government that is hell bent on expanding the failure and corruption that it's known for. It's that simple. And the idea that the government is going to help you by self-inducing a recession, self-inducing and manipulating bankruptcy, when $1.3 trillion is held on credit cards by people who can afford it the least, 41 million people are on food stamps. 
11 million more than just 11 months ago. Or I'm sorry, seven months ago. Seven months ago, 11 million people on food stamps. Medicaid recipients, 86 million. Disability, or as it's formerly known, the ghetto lottery, 8.6 million Americans on forever perpetuity of just getting paid to be stupid. Sorry, just a fact. And you got 63% of our Americans being subsidized in one form or another when you include the financial debacle known as Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act. And by the way, the government has no idea what it's doing except enriching those oligarchs that make up the Federal Reserve. They're not helping you. Glenn in Oakbrook. Hey, Sean. I remember uh, in the last days of the Carter administration when interest uh, rates were high and uh, inflation was out of control. They had, uh, Reagan had to slow the growth of government because it was spending too much money, and then they had to release regulation to allow businesses to grow. Uh, it took about three years to fix that problem, I remember. My question is, why aren't the interest rates in double digits? Because Ronald Reagan realized that Adolf Volcker, his real name is Adolf, you knew that, right? His middle name was Paul. Adolf Volcker was wrong about interest rates. And if you really examine Reaganomics, it has a rumor that it raised interest rates. That is absolutely untrue. From day one, he drastically worked to cut interest rates because what Reagan knew is to increase the velocity of money, people had to have access to it. So we are going in the exact wrong direction because we're built on a rumor that raising rates is the cure. They're wrong. They're just going to keep young, fledgling businesses out of the mix. I'm telling you, they're, they're 100% wrong with the Federal Reserve ideology. What it's made to do is manipulate and backdoor nationalize all lending. And that's the reason the Federal Reserve is taking an iron fist. But aside from that, I couldn't agree more with you. In fact, do you remember, Glenn, when they introduced the Nazi Bureau of Federal Protection Agency scam, all occupied by sycophants to Barack Obama's Marxist mafia? And the cost of those regulations on everything from insurance to financial markets to any kind of lending whatsoever, it's almost something you can't calculate. If you wanted to stop and lower costs for everything, you would rip apart the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which is infiltrated by nothing more than ideological Marxists who want the government to be in control of everything. That needs to go away immediately, and then I would drastically cut the rates. And the other thing is, why in the world does the government subject itself to fluctuation in rates when the government has the power of taxation? And I mean this not just federal, state and local. Imagine if all government borrowing was frozen at 1%. Why would they ever? There's no risk in them not paying you back. Why should they profit on it? And if they profit on it, who makes the profit? You know, no one's been able to answer that for me, Glenn. Thank you. I think I stifled him with my brilliance. Don in Bloomingdale. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, Sean, you remember, I, I remember a day where government stayed in its lane and the private sector stayed in theirs, but that changed with the Chrysler bailout. But now what you're seeing is you're seeing big uh, city governments <sighs> getting involved in things, local governments, small municipalities, they're buying up empty malls that are out of business, and they're going to repurpose them for some sort no, of they're not. use. They're not going to repurpose. They're going to give them to their... Listen, here's the yeah, other thing, yeah. Don, you got to remember. There is no such thing as government. There's just people who have positions. What they're going to do is give sweetheart deals to their greasy inside scumbags who just want to be a name tag on government corruption. Let's just say Resco 
for example. Him and his greasy fruit of his loins and all the rest. That's the system of corruption. They're not actually real estate investors. They're arbitrators of corruption. Free markets are different than than corporatist markets. So we've got to really be clear in the definition. Government doesn't exist. It's just people we give arbitrary authority to. And the problem is our mindset is that these frauds who've never succeeded at anything are going to make things better by ruining it. You know, that's the Federal Reserve. What I just gave you is a layman's explanation of the Federal Reserve's mission statement. Yeah. You know, the the biggest business in Illinois right now is the demolition companies. They're knocking down a 12-story office building right off the tollway in near Schaumburg. I can't believe it. Brother, they're, they're Victory Auto Wreckers is out of business. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? There, there There's a business. You, I'd love to know what he was facing in the form of property taxation and government regulation of that property. I'd love to know how much he was being shaken down a year yeah. for environmental standings of the ground. See, because auto wreckers, they don't like them. The government doesn't like them. So they regulate the ground so the people can't afford to stay in business. Those are the same government that just leased the space for illegal aliens without testing the ground for 91000 a month to their mafia. You think yeah. I can't figure you out, you rat crooked bastards? I see you eight ways to Tuesday. Thanks for the call. Chris. Orland Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Chris here from Orland. Hey, so I, I read that the, uh, Israel bombed a U.N. school or something in Gaza, and I'm reading online, U.S. donates $12 billion in 2021, a quarter of it goes to the peacekeeping mission. One, I'm curious, what peace me, what <laughs> mission do you guys do? Boy, you guys what suck at your job. Half a Bobby. Since 2000. Put the Mali to in these countries and put the troops there and call it a day. You can stay in your Chris, side. Chris, you want to know what's side. sad? I hate the idea of one of our Marines. One American blood getting dropped in this soiree of a religious zealot in the name of, uh, 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 of Hamas or Hezbollah, whatever these inbred savages are calling themselves. But the other thing you have to keep in mind, if the U.N. has been given that money for peacekeeping and they had something in so-called Palestine, well, they sure suck at their job. What's been going on since 2001? And then the other thing is you have to think like Hamas, who all live in Qatar with $30 lap dance hookers on a 24-hour rotation and wouldn't dirty their shoes in Palestine, all using ambulances as cover to transport their inbred suicide bombers and whatnot. So I I really don't care what happens there. I just want to know exactly how many bombs have to be dropped before civilization kicks in to these seventh century morons who make their wives and daughters dress up like beekeepers. How long? Yeah, I don't know. Until these idiots pull their head out of their ass. Seems like you easily cut 20% off every year if these guys aren't doing anything. How about 100% off immediately? Put it back, so. How about 100% off immediately? Yeah, Trump tried, uh. Well, we didn't, forget about Trump. Trump was the president. You need Congress. They're the ones with the checkbook. I'm telling you, uh, it's Mike Johnson. Call him up and tell him my offer to you is this. Nothing. Give everyone nothing. Austerity until our debt is down. Simple. Break the backs of these crooked whores by letting them know you see them for the gangsters they are. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer.
squirrel, it can all be fixed. Over fracking night by destroying the corrupt policies. By this idea, we enrich the government. We give them more. What do you mean give them more? It's time to defund the government. What do you think of that, squirrel? Now, normally, they would be defunded. But somewhere along the line, they were given the power to print up a guarantee of taxation. It's often referred to as debt, but it's not really debt. Who, who's owed the debt? Oh, you owe it to yourself. This is like rolling dice with Big Jilly. What do you mean I owe it to myself? Yeah, you owe it to yourself because of this guy and that guy. and that. How about this? You get nothing. We start all over. All the debt frozen at 1%. Now we don't have to worry about that pesky interest rate. And now, now as for business, well, we'll borrow to each other whatever we decide. Why don't you scum that could never get a job in the real world? Why don't you sit there and shut your mouth? Because in the meantime, you've got some explaining to do. Yeah, you do. You've been crooked for decades. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. The latest revelations in the House Oversight Committee investigation into Biden family business dealings involves two checks that landed in Joe Biden's personal bank account. One was for $40,000, the other $200,000. But the real numbers are in the tens of millions. How else do you think this wrinkled-ass old crook lives in mansions across the country? How else? Never did an honest day's work in his miserable existence. Who did he corrupt? President Biden was here and he, I think he understood some details, which you can. He understood you're a whore. Not only that, you're a whore for sale. In fact, we could get you to eat a banana and drop off a fruit salad, couldn't we, whore? Right in between you stopping off at the Rolls Royce dealer and picking yourself up a two-door phantom, you crooked bastard. I wonder, do they put the blocks on the pedals or they raise a special seat for your midget derriere? understand only being here so i invite president trump if he can come here i will need 24 minutes yes 24 minutes not more see you're not funny in english you're only funny in that savage language you speak you don't need 24 minutes i got 24 seconds for you the money's cut off stupid the war is over overnight instantaneously because you lost you lost a year and a half ago in the meantime all the ceasefire how come there's no ceasefire how many poor ukrainians not the azov nazis i hope all of them died how many poor ukrainians you robbed out of her you ripped out of their house to put a rifle in their arm and go stop bullets how many are dead is it three hundred fifty thousand or four hundred thousand the beauty is we don't need anybody we could shut it off overnight there is no more money for your crooked ass Kevin, Austin, Texas. Sean, I wish it could it could stop overnight, but I got to tell you, I do like uh, Johnson what he's doing. I mean, he needs reinforcements. No, he doesn't. Now. He's the Speaker of the House. He has the pen. Without him, nothing goes through. With him, good things can go through. He doesn't need reinforcements, and he could do more damage in six months than these phony Republicans could do in sixty years. We'll be back in twenty-one hours. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.